Hello and welcome to This Is Important, the podcast that helps the unheard be heard. I'm your host, Mira Reftopoulos, and in each episode, we will be covering everything from race, politics, sex, and feminism. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining today. I am going to be joined by Graham and Ems shortly, and we are going to be discussing what it means to be British. I find the term British has been spun to mean something else of late, and I'm really, really, really excited to be discussing it today. Hey guys, how are you guys? Hi, um, I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. We've made it to February, it's exciting. <laughs> I'm Graham, by the way, I'm, living, I'm up in Scotland, just to mention, I used to work with Mary. Oh, cool. I'm Emily and I'm, I'm from London. <laughs> okay, so let's start. Um, thank you guys so much for joining me today for this talk. I just thought it would be really interesting to talk about, you know, what, what it means to be British because I feel like that term has changed a lot over the years. So let's Definitely. start it with um, Sir Graham, to you personally, like, what does it mean to be British? I know you're Scottish. Yeah. Um, but... Um, <laughs> You're also British, so yeah. <laughs> British to you. Yeah, there is a real strong question of identity around that. There's a, it's one of these things that comes around quite a lot when people ask, you know, how do you identify? And a lot of Scottish people do not identify as British. We yeah. remove that. We are we rally against it. I um, for a lot of years, if there was an option between British and Scottish, I would put it down and I would feel slightly aggrieved that there would be no Scottish option. Mm. Um, but, I mean, and it's hard to talk about British identity over the last couple of years, over various things that have happened. But growing up, um, if, I go, if I take it right back, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, um, Britain was it seemed more connected there seems to be more of a pride there um which is now complicated uh, to say the least um that there were there was a lot of things we we ruled the world was one of the things that was very sort of bred into us through history and stuff like that look at us we were great we were an empire mm. we were um you know, invent uh, lots of inventions inventors things like that we were proud of our history and things it was always there and it wasn't necessarily a bad thing um but it's one of these things that as older as you get you start to see and the way the world works with the communications and things like that the british identity i think it has been eroded because those things that we spent a lot of time being proud of are now things that we can look back and go yeah that is slightly questionable um so to me what is to be british is complicated at least and that's coming from you know the you know technically a poster child of what britishness looked like back in the day yeah you know, but now i just it's uh it's a really complicated and hard thing to see uh without you know the ghosts and the the future and the way it cracks so to be british is a very yeah a complex equation i would say these days mm. what about you emily um following up from what um 
Graham said, it's it's really, I definitely agree, it is really complex because especially coming back, coming from an Indian background, a lot of people in India, they have a lot of, like it's a bit mixed. They have a bit of hate for Britain, but at the same time, they a lot of Indians love white people. That's the thing. But I remember my grandma, she'd always go on about how, you know, Britain colonized India and how they ruined the country and just a lot of things. So for me, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one because, like, you know, I grew up here. But at the same time, like, you know, back home, like back um, in India, there's like like I've got family who contradict what Britain have done in the past. So it's like I don't know really like I don't know where to stand. Yeah, I know what you mean, because um, I'm, so my mom's friendies and my dad's Ugandan, and Uganda was colonized by England. Um, so I do know what you mean in that sense, like definitely the same sort of um, narrative was sort of fed to me growing up as well. Um, but it's 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 confusing, because I, I, you feel like you're... Um, like bicultural in a way. Do you know what I mean? Because you're raised here yeah. and this is all you know. This is yeah, definitely you're you're accustomed to this culture. This is your culture. But then at the same time, people are telling you that you don't belong, that you're you're not part of it. Do you know what I mean? Even though it's like, but I am. And and secondly, you guys kind of made me it because you took over my country like centuries ago or whatever it was. No, they owe it to us. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like okay, you guys came in. You said that you, you know, we're, we're with you guys. You're you're part of our empire that we're building, and um, one of those perks is that you know you can live in our nation, in our empire, and and all of this. And and then when people do that, it's like actually no, no, no we don't want you here. But it's like we, we don't want you in our country. But we, you know you guys came over and you did what you did. So it's like, kind of come in and add to the economy. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> um, so what does it, like, to you personally, not thinking about, like, the history behind it or your family and things like that, like, what does it mean to you personally? Like, what does the term British mean to you? Like, when you think about it? Um and Greg's. Greg's? <laughs> yeah. It is the most British thing in the world, Greg's. Probably <laughs> true. I like two-piece sweets. I remember that. <laughs> Definitely. We need to bring those back. They're all yeah. 20p now. I know. I remember being able, like, I remember when I was a kid, my mom would give me, like, 50p or a pound, and I would come out of the shop with so much, yeah. like, so many things. And now it's, like, goodies. You know, that was, like, one thing. Um, yeah, for me, it's a bit weird, because I am Scottish, um, but I, my mum was born in England, my dad's born in Scotland, mm. my mum's mum is English, my mum's dad is Scottish, my dad's mum is scottish my dad's dad is english yeah so i've got a very nice uh sort of and, and my family history actually comes from ireland and i lived in wales for a long time so i think i covered the british yeah you do britain the uk uh, quite heavily within my my sort of where i come from but uh yeah we i think it's that that britishness was probably easier when it came to 
you know, with Scotland linking up with England and Wales and Northern Ireland coming in, um, we didn't, we weren't moved from our lands. I mean, it wasn't our country. It was a country that was put together, but Scottish people stayed in Scotland. The union came to us. Yeah. Um, well, so realistically, there's families that are staying in the same houses as they were, you know, thousands, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, the same towns and villages and things like that. Um, so it's easier to keep that Scottish identity and have the British identity without having to be, you know, with families without getting moved and shifted. I mean, we had that sort of thing with the Highland clearances, but not in the same same way. So I think it was easier for British uh, Scottish people uh, to hold on to their Scottish identity, Welsh to hold on to their Welsh and things like that, while Britain came together. So, but the result that. I mean, you see it now, the divisions, I think, were always there within Britain Yeah. in terms of things. I don't think they've ever not been there. There's always been that Scottish culture and identity has to be discovered. Moving to Wales, Welsh, very heavy into Welsh language, speaking yeah. that sort of thing. Northern Ireland, you know, separates itself into because it has its own history and the way it talks. But then, so a lot of the thing gets down on to England. How does England then treat? Because they are the ones that haven't had the move, haven't had the end of come come across. So, you know, they they that, that they they've they've had the less the least amount of movement in terms of what it means to be British. Yeah. And I think that lack of movement historically has meant there's a lack of movement nowadays about it, and that's causing some serious issues. Yeah, no, definitely, especially with Scotland wanting to um, become independent from the UK, which I'm all for, actually. I mean, I find that in terms of when when things get decided in the UK, I feel like the rest of the UK gets left out of that conversation. Do you know what I mean? I feel like England sort of determines what happens to the UK without taking into consideration Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely, yeah. absolutely understand why. I mean, I, I would like, if they, if they do become independent, then I, I'm going to get myself a Scottish passport. <laughs> <laughs> totally makes sense. Totally makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Scotland hasn't elected a parliament. Uh, so in terms of the majority of Scottish votes in general elections, I don't think we've voted for the winning party in 20 years uh, now. Uh, I, think it's that, I think it's that long. I think it was Blair's second or third term that there was a overwhelming British Labour. And other than that, it's been moving to the SNP heavily. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the Tories have been in since 2010. We've never voted for them. We don't vote for them. Um, so for them to dictate policy, really, uh, for the for the whole of the UK, other than what's been devolved, really difficult. And especially, you know, who's actually making those policies and where they've come from and things like that is... Yeah. yeah. And so what do you think... Um, is important for people to think about British identity in our current climate. Uh, yeah, so how, how Britain is looking now, I think it's, um, I think it's, uh, things have got more disparate and everything like that. We're getting more and more divides, more splits, more, what we need to do is have more of an understanding, more of an education, you know, you, you, uh, 
we've got to understand, I think it is the historical uh, depictions of things mm. and uh, and how we look at it. If we treated, we, we act like Britain was the greatest thing in the history of the world. We had manufacturing, uh, education systems, democracy, all that sort of stuff. That's great. But there was always underlying things that were there that we really needed to talk about. And we didn't. And now it's getting to the point where, well, we need to have these conversations and there's been so much fear-mongering and misunderstanding of it. Um, and, you know, the the education just isn't there for a lot of people. There seems to be swathes of people who just doesn't do not understand, you know, that if people came across on the Windrush, they are British. They were yeah. a part of it. We were invited. They helped the economy. That they should not be left out in the the dirt now or sent back, you know, because yeah. we feel like we've had enough fill. I think I think representation of voices against racism are definitely improving stuff. Um, one of the most powerful things I saw last year was Lovers Rock uh, from Steve McQueen's Small Act series. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, a lot of that dealt with racism head on, um, obviously dealing with the West Indies community in the 60s and things like that. But uh, Lovers Rock, I thought, was one that really should be shown everywhere because it is just a house party. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a house party, West Indian community in the 60s. And it's just, it's just like an hour and a half of just being at a house party as a teenager. And mm. I identified so much of my youth in there, in Scotland, surrounded by predominantly white people listening to metal music, predominantly, you know, white music and British, you know, bands and things like that. that we identified mm. to see, you know, people having almost the exact experiences, the exact same time, that sense of community, that feel mm. that was there. Um and just going, oh, no, that is a universal language that, you know, the, the, the I might not look and see someone who looks like me on there, but I should be able to identify the experience yeah. right there. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, that represent the more representation we get in the media and things like that, without it being on the news, I think it will be the better for it. And I think that will help the next generation yeah. come up, hopefully understand that, Britishness is a, a melting pot uh, rather than this. But know. I'd also like to add about community, um, especially in the current, especially in the current political climate with um, Brexit and um, Trump, like Trump administration and all of that. And even um, recently, you know, the whole issue of Grenfell. Yeah. How. Um, how communities came together as one, like in solidarity to help each other out. Especially in recent times during coronavirus, like a lot of like a lot of people have been going around helping the homeless people. Like even on Christmas, me and my family, we made some food and we went around giving um hot dinners to homeless people. I love that. Yeah. No, I love that. And I absolutely agree with you both in that um it is about finding that commonality and and it's so it's so easy to find just you know, even in having conversations like Emily and I were literally talking the other day because um, she shared this funny uh, meme of um, no I shared something and she commented on it and it was just about gender norms and how um, you know teaching both your you know both all your kids male or female to do things around the house um and we got to talking and because in the video they were making chapati and then we were talking about how 
um, similar cultures cultures are. And and even though, you know, like, um, I'm East African, she's Indian, but there were so many similarities in that um, that you wouldn't have known had had you not had that conversation with someone. And I find I find that a lot when you talk to people that there's a common thread in a lot of people's cultures that you, you probably wouldn't have even thought of. Um, so I think, yeah, for sure, it's about that finding that commonality and and I think like seeing um, situations like, for instance, the Christmas ad that um, Sainsbury's Sainsbury's came out with. Yeah, I think. Yeah, with the, the the family and they're talking about gravy and this and that and it was just a conversation around the Christmas table. Like it was such a normal conversation. The only thing that made it stand out was the fact that it was a black family and it's just it's, it's just a conversation like any family could have had you know but there were people sort of made it into such a big deal and were really like upset by it just because they didn't feel represented but it's like you are represented because it's it's a christmas dinner it's a you know it's it's something that in every household in the uk like majority of them would be doing you know, on that day. Um, so it's just wild to me when people look at such simple conversations or such simple um, ads and just can't seem to find themselves in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, a family sitting around a table, that's something we should all be able to identify. You yeah. know, Turkey and stuff like that. It's like different, different places. That's, um, it's, 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 it's interesting that those voices, though, are getting through into our media. The voices that dis- that say that isn't Britishness, and I know there was a back cry against that, going, "Oh, hold on, you know, if Aldi's could be a carrot, then why can't Sainsbury's be yeah. a family of people of color and things like that?" You know, it doesn't make sense. But it's those voices that are getting out more and more, and that's worrying. And especially when they do come from the top you know when you do have you know the politicians that are leading the country supposed to give it an identity Mm. and when they use horrendous racist xenophobic language they dictate policies um, and things like that i mean treating treating people different ways i mean i was massively upset and very vocal about the treatment of shamima begum during that, that I think if she was oh, yeah. any other colour, if she was white and she was British and she went over there, they would have brought her back, even, you know, to stand trial and stuff like that. But yeah. because easier poster child to rally against and things, uh, you know, we, we, to the point where we were, as a country, as British people, we were condemning a woman to die mm. somewhere else. Instead there was of, so much hate towards that, I remember. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, we had policies, bring bring back, put on trial, you know, get information. That is what you do with a terrorist yeah. and with a British citizen as well, a British citizen. And we disregarded our own um, from a sense of moral outrage, which should not be a national identifier and should not dictate policy um, when... It goes against so many things and will lead us into, you know, these situations that we find ourselves in nowadays where everything is so tribalism. Yeah, definitely. It's like if you don't um, 
fit in like this box that they have of you know what they feel is British um then you're you know you're othered you're not you don't belong um and you're treated differently um so yeah I was just gonna say do you think the meaning has changed over the years because of what what British is um compared to how it was say even within our lifetime do you think the term British has changed uh, that's a good one. Yes, I think I think there was. Uh, um, um, I think there, you had that sort of. It was an overarching flag of the success of the union. I think there was. You know, we could say there was artwork and things like that. But I mean, I don't know. I think it was always slightly fractured. You know, just yeah. silly things from. <laughs> the, it's one of these classic ones that Scottish people bring up as a complaint. Um, but just Andy Murray was uh, was always British when he was winning, and he was always Scottish when he was losing. It was yeah. it's that sort of thing. It's a British person who's a winner, and a Scot- you know, as soon as they're a loser, they're not British anymore. And there was a certain aspect of that. But I think the biggest thing that's changed, especially in our lifetime, is the internet. It's mm-hmm. the internet, the global communities, the ability to put that across beforehand if we wanted to bring everyone under an umbrella as a, a nation as several nations together we were mm. great britain we were the united kingdom we were british we could put ourselves under a banner because that's as far as the world went we were on a literal island um but now with the global community instead of that island bro- growing out and becoming a, a global village it's it's led to that tribalism so what does it mean you know people can identify themselves now as anything you could be you know find your niche you could be it you could be a my little pony fanatic mm. you know person who only dresses in the color purple and yeah you know identifies themselves sure. that way and there will be a community for you that's great you don't need to find yourself to be british to find a community anymore um, but unfortunately, that has led, you know, the sprinting, the splintering into communities and larger vocal voices from, you know, the wrong side of the moral spectrum, as I would put it. Yeah, no, definitely. Exactly. There's been an up <laughs> since I think the, the turn of the millennium, there's been such um, a large amount of people who would you know, starting groups like BNP and, you know, British First and things like that, who, like, sort of nationalist groups have become really popular over the last sort of decade. Um, And especially since, like, the referendum and, you know, Brexit and things like that, I do feel like there's this sense of, you know, taking our country back. And it's like, back from what? (laughs) Like, this this, is what I mean. It's like... How far do you want to go back? Because we've always been here. Do you know what I mean? There've always been people. But you can't just boot us out and expect it to be how it was, like, te- uh, like decade, like two to three decades ago. Yeah, and I feel like I, I really do feel like, um, like those people who who have that sort of mentality forget how, like, what their lives would be like without. Europe or without um, people help from other countries and imports and things like that because um, it, they have this inflamed view I think similar to to the Americans like the Trumps of the world of um, how great 
they are. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're constantly told how great you are, how you're a powerhouse, you're number one, and things like that, you get this sort of ego and you forget that, oh wait, no, 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 I actually need I need um um this th these people to come in um to uh, uplift our medical, you know, our NHS. So I need um, tea from 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 Af from India, or I need coffee from Africa, or I need. Do you know what I mean? There are all these different things that are brought in from yeah. foreign sort of nations that I I feel people forget, and it's like, where do you think all this stuff comes from? We don't grow bananas. Like we can't even grow bananas. I mean, we can't grow a lot of things, you know. And it's yeah. not like. And, and the other thing as well, I found really really hilarious with um, just. Um, Brexit and, and all of that and it was just like oh you know close our borders and it's like from, from what like the, it's not going to stop people coming in like refugees coming in it's not going to stop um people who are you know migrating here it's not gonna do you know what I mean like people are still going to be here <laughs> and, it and it teaches people to think in a, the wrong way as well yeah. about that if the if those and again if those are the voices that are getting out because as you were talking there you know when you said what does it define when you asked the first question what how do you define britishness or who is britain i mean you you think about what is a british you know it's nights out at the pub it's an indian meal it's cups of tea it's yeah. you know it's all these sorts of things and you think well yeah if you're if we if we want if, if they want a world which is back like it was, that's fine. We'll give them an empty hospital with no staff. We'll give them restaurants with the with the same bland meal every time. We'll take the tea back, you know. Yeah. And then you can have you can sit on a rock somewhere with no medicine, with no technology, yeah. and you can sit there and go, well, this is the greatest bit of rock that I've ever sat on. Yeah. Great. Sit on your fucking rock and die, as far as I'm concerned. The no rest spices. of us should be building... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should be building up... No spices, exactly. That's a big one. Yeah. yeah. You can't even get salt in the UK, I don't think. Do we have salt mines? No, we don't, do we? No. And we need... To, you need salt to survive. If uh, Yeah, it's one of these things that... Yeah. If, the world was to end find the nearest salt mine and live close to it because you will need it to survive no definitely <laughs> i mean in fact actually go back to that the reason the Brit, you know the english are called limeys and stuff like that is because they didn't have you know food and things like that salted to be able to take it further and they were all dying of rotten food and not having vegetables and stuff so <laughs> i went off on one i think so englishmen versus british are they one in the same or do you think they're completely two different sort of identities they are two very distinctly different things the problem i think has been for a long time they have been treated as the same and yeah. i think a lot of that is the understanding outside of the uk as well and britain that america will a lot of the time refer to very english specific things as british things yeah um, and that you know, as we said, with as I say, with the Parliament controlled by, you know, Scottish votes not working towards uh, the proportional representation of the Scot of the UK Parliament, uh, then I think um, that that has been very dangerous. That there has been a legitimacy, maybe, has been given to the 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 Englishman or the English uh, middle middle england lifestyle that is defined britishness by these standards when really 
it should have taken more of the home nations and the immigration that Britishness should evolve as it has and not evolved in the way we were we found it contempt it uh, you know the contempt in Britishness but we should have gone well excellent we're bringing these people in we're doing this this is what Britain means if people want to live here and be here and be a part of our society fantastic that's how you grow a society yeah. what we're doing at the moment is following a certain middle england agenda which is shrinking that society and uh, much to our detriment yeah yeah what do you think emily english versus british um i feel like I don't know. I feel like I can't really relate to Englishmen, like the term. I feel like I can relate to British because like that's that feels like everyone as a whole. But Englishmen in general, it just feels like we're aiming that that term just feels like it's aimed at, you know, the middle class white man. I also think it also has a classist sort of label to it. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that it says English man, like I can't relate to that at all. Hmm. Yeah. I know what you mean like to like me, I in think, any way or form yeah i think for, for me when i think of an englishman i think of like a john smith you know like as english as they come you know what i mean like i like a like a, a, a white person you know that is of english origin you know like you know what i mean and then british i think of everyone else do you know what i mean like a, a british person can be piotr from poland a british person can be mr patel from india a british person can be you know uh, a, a a person from africa do you know what i mean i think british is a broader term that is just someone who is a national who do you know what i mean who is from that place who is from the uk um yeah specifically england but um yeah, so th to me, that's what I think. And I think that now the term British has sort of been, like what Graham was saying, kind of taken over. And, and now when people think of British, they think of, you know, like a, a white Englishman, which isn't what which it shouldn't be, you know? It's, it, that's not what it should be. Um, and I think that's because of what we were saying earlier, groups like um the bnp and all those sort of parties and and groups those nationalistic groups who claim to have british values and want to keep them but for the white man do you know what i mean so it's like then you're not that you shouldn't call yourself a national a national party or you know a british national party it should be an english specific national past do you know what i mean and i think that's where the confusion sort of lies as well as what you guys were saying about how um people have sort of and also i feel like it's like a cultural identity like being from england like you know if i'd ask my friend like oh so where are your parents from she'd be like oh dad's from england like he's english and then my mom's scottish or something like that but i can't say that because but my like, my family come from India. I can't say oh, I'm English. So I feel like it's yeah. a way of representing yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it within itself, itself, it, it it is it is it is um the same as saying you know oh like Graham Scottish. 
I am Scottish. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. And these the, these national parties that you're talking about, they're, I mean, I come from a media background. I've got um, uh, uh, two degrees in film work and TV and media. And um, that representation, you see the amount of times that Farage was on Newsnight. He was on Question Time. He was allowed to, per- to send out that agenda to talk those ways. Mm. that is going to feed into those cultural identities, those things. So that when, you know, someone says to you, where do your parents come from? That mm. delegitimizes your Britishness, even though you, you, if you were born in Britain and you yeah. were born in somewhere, you that is who you are. You grew up with this culture. You grew up with it in a different way. But, you know, the, when it was raining outside for someone else, it was raining outside for you in this country. I mean, it's yeah. that's, that's really what it should be. We need to get rid of those generational links. Mm. We, in, in terms of identify, but not from community and from personality, but we should be able to remove that from, you know, certain conversations and just stop giving legitimacy on the media to hate mongers. It's that. Yeah. If you let the hate mongers divide and split then yeah you'll get back down to that one person on a rock thing it starts by sort of blaming having pushing blame on a group of people which i feel that farage does well he pushes the blame on the you know immigrants i mean even i even hate the term immigrants because um you know when you think of an immigrant it's always someone who is from you know a third world country or like like if a, if a Swedish person, like a Swede boost to the UK, they're known as an expat or, you know, vice versa. And it's like, why, why, you know, how do they, they they've used the word immigrant to sort of become the sort of like negative thing that you don't even like want to be associated with. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you're an immigrant. Like, it just seems like, oh, you know, when he pushes that term, it's like, oh, they've come here to steal our jobs. They've come here to um, put a strain on our NHS. They've come here to put a strain on our, um, you know, welfare. But when you look at the statistics, it's not the immigrants. It's it's, oh, it's you know when it, it's usually the the statistics show that majority are white white English, you know, white British people who are majority of who are unemployed or on welfare and things like that. So it's like. If, if people just take these statements as face value, um, of course they're going to start thinking like, oh, you know, I have to protect my country, you know, <laughs> and all that crap. Yeah. And it's, it, I mean, if you if you go back to the, the Second World War and stuff like that, just briefly, it's the the socioeconomic levels of where Germany was after World War One. they were so poor. That was what sort of kicked them in the good drive. So you can see how that conversation has changed since 2001. We've had three economic crashes yeah. since 2001, or at least in my lifetime, there's been at least three massive economic crashes. Uh, so the downgrading of, you know, GDP in this country, the 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 the, the amount of uh, the wealth in out with the one percent has gone down. Now it. The people talking to us are the one percenters who then blame it on other people. Yeah. So you know, than themselves, it is just blaming and pointing, and the it is it, a horrible thing that we just so used to the other. We are so used to the other 
of whatever that is yeah. being a negative that it's so easy to prey on to people because we don't educate them early enough. We don't give those examples. We don't see Britishness as, uh, you know, a conglomerate of all those different areas that, you know, if Britain went out and became a big thing, then we need to take them all back. And yeah, that's it's 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 such a shame that these again are still the voices that are getting through, and it's great like you, things like this, Mary, that you're doing. It's just it's enough of a conversation to to just you know, especially with social media and stuff. There's so much hate out there. Throw in some love, you know. Again, counteract these voices. We need to keep doing that. That's almost that. That's almost the new British civic duty is mm. to stand up against the hate muggers, the lies the the bollocks and just sort of claim no this is who we are if you want to look at britain we're not a racist nation because that was the thing all three i think all three of us at the start went define britain and we all went oh you know who are we <laughs> it's a bit dodge um that actually no we should be going no we're here we, we're here we want to have an adult conversation about things and we want to move forward and be able to ch- chat talk and redefine that's what we have to just keep pushing for. And that's the only way to defeat it. I feel like there's, because of social media, there's a lot of awareness and just things that have been going on in the UK, like with anti-immigration policies and Brexit, it just throws in a lot of backlash to what we as, like, as progressive youth are fighting against. Yeah. No, definitely. I've got to say, like, I am in awe of your generation, like the Gen Z battling, because... It, it is difficult, you know, like, because the adults who are in charge right now don't seem to want to listen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like for generations, people have been telling them, you know, climate change is real. We need to take action. We need to do something, you know, like racism is real. We need to do something, you know, women's rights, LGBTQ. Like, it's just these things that have been, people have been shouting about until they've lost their voices. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's frustrating, but I feel like your generation and with how technology is advanced and things like that you guys have a louder voice you know what i mean you're able to uh, hold these guns accountable like, <laughs> seriously and um yeah i i i just really hope that we get that you were saying like adding to that you know how technology has helped us like make our points Right. Um, so I was watching It's a Sin. Oh, I love and it. And I realized that I realized that if that was happening right now, it would have been easier for everyone to just come out and speak about it because of one of how much technology is advanced, and because of how because of the because of the advancement of technology, a lot of people have been open about how they represent themselves mm. and like have found confidence. You know, um, you know, seeing other people and being like finding the strength to talk out like to come out and talk about themselves and to express themselves and i feel like if that were to happen now it would have been completely different because i remember there was a line this one character mentioned how there are so many there's over like six million gays and not a single one wanted to come out and help because i understood why that happened because a lot of them were afraid to come out and talk yeah and to make a stand about it but like whereas now a lot of things like especially with technology seeing as how it's advanced things like that is definitely easier to to pinpoint and to talk to make a stand about Mm -hmm. and not just that but information i mean like um 
there was no information about this new disease. You know what I mean? Like, I love the scene where yeah. um, the guy from um, Isle of Wight or Isle of Man or whatever is is like, is it a gay disease? Is it, or does it only affect things with Gs? Is, do you know what I mean? And he was going on, like, and it was like a, such a Oh, great yeah, Richie. He, yeah, um, when he was like... Yeah, oh. yeah. It was, it was so great. Like, um, and it's so true because there was an, an information about it and and the Welsh guy literally had to go to New York to get the papers for them to actually to go to New York to get find papers. out more information about AIDS. It was it was wild. Um, but yeah, it was a great show. Have you seen it, Graham? Um, Graham? I haven't. No, it's on the watch list. It's yeah, it's, it's well, really good. <laughs> um, what what's one British stereotype you wish didn't exist? Lad culture and chav culture. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like with the whole lad, with the whole lad culture, it like stems from um, British men being emotionless and having like it really links into toxic masculinity as well, mm. where like you know men have to be a certain way, they have to like tick certain boxes to be presentable. Yeah, and like you know you have to be a gym rat, you have to like be disrespectful to women and you know demean them with your mates, like just constant degradation of like identity of like other identities yeah i know what you mean definitely exactly there's been a certain element of uh, as as a white man who i you know worries about identity and things like that and how i come across quite a lot there is that sort of well, we 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 rigged the system. White men, chavs, everything like that. Not chavs, you know that sort of lad culture is born out of the the system being rigged. We had, you know, the the women stayed home and take care of us. You know, the yeah. system worked for us. You know, we had the jobs that we wanted and we did what we wanted and it was easy and go play football. We didn't have to. And then as that changed, that's where that rallies against it. But, it's not. It's not so much the, what it shouldn't be seen as. What oh, we're losing the fact that we're not, you know, being able to just be the kings of our castle. It should be oh, congratulations. We're now putting other humans on the same level as you. Well done. You're not special. Congratulations to the welcome to the universe. And also that uh, you know it has changed. Look how much more you can get out of life if you move away from that simplistic viewpoint of. Uh, there, so I, yeah, so Emily, I think you're spot on with that. Um, f- for me, what the Britishness thing I hate and I would love to get back, and this is so petty in comparison now, <laughs> is the Union Jack. Yeah, so this is my old phone, this is my iPhone 4. Uh, I'm on a I'm on a better one now, uh, and that is the pattern I've got on the back of it, and I love. Uh, like a really deep colored Union Jack depressed with like things. I think it's, it's such an evocative flag for doing things with sometimes. And yet I felt embarrassed walking around with that after a while, not because yeah. it was a, um, but because uh, it just felt like, am I, you know, with white skin and holding that, am I representing something I am against fundamentally? Have I, you know, have I lost the ability to actually have any pride in being yeah. British whatsoever? And I think... Like the St. George's flag. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't see St. George's flag without going, not a chance. It's it's yeah. as close to the Southern Union flag the U mm. is, you know, the Confederate yeah. flag that you can get in this country to me. Oh, same. Like, when I see that outside someone's house, I'm always wary, like, do I have a racist neighbor? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, I like, okay, I'm not going to walk, I'm not going to walk past their house. Yeah, it's, and that's a shame. That is a damning yeah. thing. Right, they, exactly. Yeah. And like I feel like like I'm proud to be British. I'm proud of my country um in terms of you know the things like the, the good things about our country, you know, the different cultures and races and things like that that have come together and um but I feel like we don't have a flag anymore. Like mm. what you're saying, I feel like we used to have the yeah. Union and then over some time Union Jack now has become a symbol of of oppression you know a symbol of, of hatred a symbol of hatred whereas before that it used to that that was literally the only flag that you can have and not you you would be afraid of literally. making a negative statement <laughs> now we literally don't have a flag anymore we're a flagless oh. country if we, if, and that's denying the past as well. If Britain was very honest about its past and what it, where it was and embracing things, that would be fine. But because we weren't, because, you know, Bristol wouldn't change Edward Coulson's name off the buildings and they left the statues up, we had to pour blood, metaphorically and literally, onto the flags and tear the stuff down and give them the negative connotations till people heard Mm. Uh, you know, because I, I lived near, I lived in Wales, and I travelled to Bristol all the time, and they were talking about changing the Colston Hall for years, and mm. never could do it. And thank God that it came to this year, where Colston, or last year, when the statues yeah. were pulled down and they changed the name of the hall straight away. But you think if you just owned up a long time ago, you identified there was a problem, and you did nothing to change it. You know, we could have held on to some of those stuff. The, the flags and things like that mm. and long enough or had honest and open conversations without stirring up all this crap if Britain was just very honest about itself a yeah. lot more than it is and that's the thing when people say um, you know reform history curriculums and things like that we're not saying that we want to get rid of all the history all the good that happened no 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 we just you know people just want the whole story teach kids the whole story not just the good bits because like you were saying earlier like when you go to school and you're learning the history of, of england and whatever like you do learn all the positives you know like england was great you know the uk were the top you know we were number one do you know what i mean so you have like this and a complaint viewpoint of your country without understanding the sort of negative connotations to how we how that came about you know so I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, so what do you think Britain will look like in the future? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, oh, I don't know if there is going to be a Britain. Um, I uh, So just uh, I am very on the fence about Scottish nationalism. Um, I was pro-Scottish nationalism the last independent debate. Uh, this time, not. I'm worried that it could descend into Brexit too, you know, mm. Tartan edition. Um, and, you know, we, the St. Andrew's Cross, we can still fly fly with a certain amount of pride. 
yeah but uh, at the moment um, um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah i i wonder because the amount of rumblings i hear about welsh independence coming up is getting more and more very vocal yeah very vocal so there's a question whether you know because the the conservatives will have a stronger stranglehold on england without scotland and wales and northern ireland coming in and mixing up the vote and possibly throwing in a spanner mm-hmm. um so how how invested are they how much money do they they get out of the nations before they decide to send it on their merry way i genuinely not sure uh, whether there will be a britain 15 20 years down the line at all um i think i think that uh, closing off the borders anti-immigration rhetoric the control coming that so of all the things that we've talked about is leading on to a slippery slope of maybe coming down to the next general election in f- four years time mm-hmm. whether if the conservatives get in again i think that's britain over i think it's done i think i don't think there's going to be much of a way back there'll be a definite separation yeah. Um, um, if if there was a change, a huge political change, if the Scottish Independence vote doesn't go through, um, then I think that the conversation needs to come down like this. These conversations need to be held local, national, international levels. There needs to be a new statement, a new pride. Um, I feel okay. Um, taking what Graham said, I I get I get where you're coming from, but I feel like with my generation and how we look at things i feel i feel like there will be a positive change in the future in like 10 to 15 years when older politicians start um start leaving office and newer we we get newer more progressive politicians i feel like we change and we can make the difference for a positive and more brighter I was agreeing with it all. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, Emily, I think you're frozen. Um, that generational difference is really strange, being a sort of millennial, um, I, you know, I'm yeah. in my mid, mid-30, mid-to-late-30s, I'm heading towards. And, um, yeah, I think maybe I've got a slightly more pessimistic view, so it's lovely that Emily's coming with that Gen Z more, because you've you got hope. you got hope. You look. I do look at the younger generation, and I'm so happy about Same. some of the conversations and ways things are going Same, versus definitely. yeah versus because i get quite bitter towards the baby boomers and people like that you're above ah, that's a shame yeah but she was spot on she was absolutely right definitely. with what she was saying and a really positive thing to be saying as well no i know i agree i i um i just i agree with you i do feel that we are heading towards really dark times with the way things are going right now with the government selling off um you know well wanting to sell off part of the nhs and wanting to look at our you know employment rights and change that and do you know what i mean like they're slowly food standards yeah the food standards are slowly like um chipping away at all of our human rights and things like that and they take you know lgbtq rights and um just employment rights and things like that instead of improving they're sort of making cutbacks where they don't need to um just so it benefits them you know that and their cronies so that they can make 
um, so they can save a bit of money or whatever. Or, um, and I think I think if we keep going down the, the route of money being like a religion, you know, yeah. um, then we're done for. But I'm hoping, um, I really do hope like within the next 10 years that we get a new, younger or more progressive people in power who understand that people come first and that um, looking after the environment is not costly. It, you know, in the long run, it's better for everybody and um, human rights, you know, like giving people basic human rights, you know, equality for everyone it doesn't infringe on your own rights and things like that. Um, so yeah, I'm really hoping that we get there. Um, I'm still hopeful, um, even though some days I can be a bit pessimistic. Um, but overall, I'm hopeful, definitely. So yeah, I just want to take this time to thank you guys so much for having this chat with me. I thought it, I thought it was really interesting, and we touched on some really interesting topics. And honestly, I learned a lot as well from both of you. So thank you for that. Oh, no, we learned a lot from you too. Yeah, thank you. I just want to say thank you, Emily, for just before you went, we were just talking about how you were ending on such a really good, progressive, upbeat message. It was really, yeah. really nice to hear, legitimately. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think our generation's a bit more cynical. <laughs> so it's yeah, nice have, definitely. It's nice to have that sort of like positive energy, and um, yeah, I welcome it. <laughs> I'll back you up. I'll vote for you. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> Emily Murray for like Prime Minister in 2022. Oh no, 2024. Yeah. <laughs> Friendly. Face <laughs> the Parliament. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, have a great day, guys. Um, Maybe a quick plug. I normally don't do this, but I just want to do it. For it. Um, so I, um, a poem I wrote has just been released in a not in a book, a collection you can buy on Amazon. I know, sorry. No, um, it's called Scribblers Union Volume One, and I actually the poem I wrote is about uh, Brexit and Britishness. Uh, it's called Kent as a Car Park. Um, oh. So, yes. Nice. Yeah. So you can you can buy that on Amazon. It's ten pounds. Uh, if you fancy some poem from Scottish and Yorkshire based poets that are out there and upcoming uh yeah please check out scribblers union volume one excellent i'm so excited nice meeting you emily That's cool. nice. thank you very much Bye. nice meeting you too thanks so much for joining us today i really hope you guys enjoyed the discussion you can find ems and graham's instagram handles in the bio for this episode thanks so much graham and ems for joining me today i really enjoyed our conversation and yes, Gen Z is going to save us all. <laughs> and please, please, please check out Graham's poems in his latest book. I have the link in the bio for this episode. And please support him. He's an amazing writer. Thanks for checking out This Is Important Podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at this underscore is underscore I-M-P-T.